Hi guys, it's Rob. Hi, it's Geraldine. And welcome to our bi-weekly gay little book chat show called Gay Book Friends. Where we read books. Um, that are gay. And if they're not gay. We'll make them gay. It's true. I feel like that's become sort of like our natural talent over these past couple of weeks is finding something gay about every book. But, you know, sometimes it's like a little bit easier when we actually read like the gayest book in the whole world. Are you talking about the book this, this week? I might possibly be talking about the book this week, which is... Probably the book why this podcast yeah. started. This is the Bible of GBF. Well, because I was really hesitant to read this book that we're about to no, read. No, can today. I tell you a story? Go right ahead. Rob does this thing where like I'll tell him you should read this book. Um and then he won't read it until six months later he'll be like, Oh my god, this boy told me about this book. What boy told me about this book? You told me that a boy told you about this book. I Max was there when I, I first honestly spoke to a lot of boys in 2020. I don't. Oh, wait. I think I remember him. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I was. I was. Okay. We were on Max's porch. His mom gave us peach wine. It was wine? Yes. Sparkling wine. It wasn't like a Bellini? No, it was peach flavored wine. Was it like an Italian thing? No, it was like peach bubbly. Did she make so? Also, just to clarify, real, real quick, we have a couple guests in the studio today. Just listening, um, you might recognize Natalie's presence. Because mm-hmm. gay book friends, like we actually just be doing episodes like with our friends. We don't have any. Like, oh, and then our guests. first guest ever, our first guest ever, Lauren's in her bed right now. She's ignoring. She. There you go. <laughs> Didn't say you could speak on the podcast, but. Um, <laughs> Max Braun is here. You don't know him yet. You don't, you don't need yet. to know him. You will. He's a twy hard. Um, is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, like, the best guest of all that's here. Mr. Milo. Mr. Milo. My dog. I'm, I'm dog sitting. Dog sitting is, like, my favorite thing in the world to do. I wish I could have a dog. Do you think I'm Milo would like this book? Yes, because you know how I... No, this isn't the book where... Okay, does any, anyone here watch Succession? Uh, who's listening to the podcast? If anyone here does. We got a, the character a hand in the audience. Who's dating the character... Shiv. I almost said Liv. Oh, sleeping together. So not... not oh, because she's actually engaged. So anyway, it's a great show. Go watch it. But there's a character on the show whose name is Garrett. Garrett? Nate? Nate. <laughs> who looks exactly like my dog if my dog was a human. And I feel like in this book, the character who plays the gay lawyer friend, although he's supposed to be Latino. How is... Milo could be Latino? This actor isn't, though. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Is he? He's not. <laughs> I have, like, a phone friend in the studio right now who's, like, a succession diehard fan. Anyway, that's who I picture in this book that character as. So... In my mind, Milo is already in the book. Also, I think Milo's like, could be bi. He's like, definitely had sex with other male dogs. Good for him. He's not neutered or anything, so. Sad. I know. Do you think it's, do you think it's wrong to not neuter your dog? Let's not get into that conversation today. <laughs> he is 11, so I don't really know. I'm not much of a dog person. I just like the dogs that I like. I don't like know a lot about dogs. I feel lost. You were telling the story about how I only do things. Yeah. When I hear a boy tell me to do it. But I'm really trying hard to place the boy who mentioned this to me. But it's true. Like, Geraldine is sort of like the type of girl who's like, I feel like ahead of the cusp. She was so ahead of the curve, she became a sphere. 
<laughs> so Kobe became a spear. Um, that's for like any Swifties who listen to this podcast. Oh, I was I sitting here not. like no, what? I wasn't trying to be like philosophical. Like, I was just <laughs> quoting Taylor Swift um, incorrectly, nonetheless. But she does tell me to do things. I just have an issue with like listening. Period. But it makes me a little mad that miscommunication. I know, but the best thing that happened is when I asked you to do a podcast, you said yes. And it's because of this book, which you told me to read. So it's it's all, it kind of really came, it did come full circle. And I have to say that, like, I'm the type of person that goes in and out of reading phases. I'm much more in one as of recently because of everything we not, did this podcast. Not super recently. Not super recently. It's <laughs> finals week, okay? It's fully finals week. Like, Geraldine already graduated. Oh, well, no, you're, you're already done. I'm okay. not. Should we talk so, about this book? I, I'm, I'm segueing. <laughs> I'm on the segue. Right but the now. thing is, I I'm better at segways than you. <laughs> okay. Well, what is your segue, Miss Thing? Because no, I don't have the energy. This, I simply don't have the energy. This book is what brought us together. This book is what I think we would not be friends right now if this book no, hadn't brought I would have us no together. To talk to her like whatsoever. Um, our friendship was fastly dissolving, and then this book came into our life. It's true. <laughs> um, no, I'm happy to say that this book. It's just one of those books that makes you cry makes you laugh and is the right level of campy insane insanity that if laura dern is not casted in the live action of this like i'm gonna be really really upset like i love this book to the point where i've made a playlist of songs that i would put in the movie if i could uh, he really wants to write the screenplay i do and i had like this gutsy feeling to start writing it and like span the author casey mcquiston uh queen yeah, we know you're girl. in Brooklyn, girl. Come over. Like she's somewhere off the L train. Like I live at the whatever. I won't dox myself, <laughs> but I live in one right off one of the L stops. Like girl, like let's link up. We could talk. I want an advanced reader copy of the one book last is stop. Co- the book is out by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, June first, it's already out. But still, at this point in May, we I'm love lesbians as well. Yeah, you know we love a good lesbian book on this podcast. It's gonna be amazing because this book. Red, White, and Royal Blue is one of my favorite books I've literally ever read. And I know I say that a lot. Like, I might have said that last week, too. But that's because so far, we're only really reviewing books that I literally love. An exception to, like, did I love Battle of Songbirds and Snakes? Or did I have to read Battle of Songbirds and Snakes? I don't know. Um, But yeah, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. What is your overall take on this book? Okay. And why did you... It's, okay, surprisingly deep what was the first thing <laughs> in more than one way thing that you told me about this book do you remember i said it was gay and <laughs> you were like political that but she like looked at me and she's like you would like this book like it's drama it's campy and they have so much sex that um, was the first i was like but is it like for kids and you're like no, no. you're like it's really like adult but the premise to me like came off as like kind of young adulty because you're talking about like it's, princes. It's there's this new genre that I've seen emerge called new adult, and it's basically everyone who read young adult when they were young adults grew up, and the writers are still writing for that audience, so they just grow up with the audience. I think that sums up a lot of my reading taste and probably this podcast. Considering if anyone follows me on TikTok, which y'all should, <laughs> since we are trying our best, there was a couple hate comments that said that I have a fourth grade. Reading level. Because I think they really just based that off of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I know. It's like, come on now. And it's like everyone read The Hunger Games. Like, y'all don't want to know. When was the last time they read a book? 
that's the truth like if you're on if you're uh not trying to be vindictive posting though. no if you're i really time, don't care that people hate commenting you to post TikTok Wait, comments. oh my god the way i was like i hope you get hate comments and then you got hate comments i fully got hate comments like a lot i got more hate comments Profitous. than any other sort of comment i'm psychic and normally i love love <laughs> like i'm obsessed with any sort of attention like i don't care if you're hating on me or not i thought it was funny regroup regroup so the plot of this book just to get into it more here's the thing two main characters two main characters both well i mean alex is bi yeah yeah pan yeah he's your good old american boy son of the president <laughs> literal son of the united states of america pre- uh, president uh or adern or adern uh his parents are divorced too that's very interesting for like a political couple yeah it had a really modern dynamic about it like he's just like i want to go to college my parents are divorced um i mean his mom's also like simply the president but which is like intense he's biracial as well his sister nora is just like this like gorgeous queen no june oh june sorry nora's their gbf basically (laughs) basically essentially the gbf the most unconfirmed storyline in this novel is the relationship between um his sister and their bestie who are those are like the three main characters of one family we have the president of the united states basically just laura dern like fabulous cunt running the country and she's up for re-election um and in the meantime over in england we have basically like a sim like sort of a mirror of the royal family if they were a little bit younger that we have going on right now well there's two brothers and they also have a sister um the older brother's set to be king like he's obviously in line for whatever's coming next and then he has a younger brother named henry and a younger sister named oh no who cares Lindsay? I don't remember. I don't remember either. In all honesty, I read this book like four months ago. But anyway, they... Um, um, Henry's described as artistic in the tabloids, which we all know is code for gay. Yeah. Then we have <laughs> Alex, who is actually just like incredibly... Just like the frustrated gay stereotype. I mean, I know we just said he's bi, but like, you know... Well, he here's the thing. This is... Ding, ding, ding. Enemies to lovers. <laughs> I was unaware of the enemies to lovers trope before How reading this book. are you unaware of it? Because I it don't. It's like all culture. Because I really culture. don't pay attention to tropes, I feel like. So I just like thought that it was like, no, for sure. For, for real. Like, I just thought that they like fell in love. But um, just. Here's the thing. Alex has a superiority complex specifically against Henry. They've been in the same parties and groups because they're both, you know, sons of world leaders. Yeah. They used <laughs> um, to happen to run in the same circles and they going back all the all the way to when they were like preteens, like really young. Yeah. And his parents have been in politics for like his whole life. Alex hates Henry, apparently. Mm yeah we all know how that goes <laughs> like as soon as you learn that there's two boys that had been like catching each other's eye for like a decade at every single political event that like, a social event that they go to but they hate each other so much for no reason it's like you guys literally just need to fuck and then they like, get that sorted out later the air will clear so um how do they meet how does this book start the book starts so well because <laughs> i i love dinner scenes but wedding scenes now that's a step up that's like a whole other that's like the pokemon evolution of a dinner scene because (laughs) weddings are like they're just like on coke like you go and we it was the wedding of literally the prince of england like his older brother 
Was Correct. it really? I think so. I'm going to say it was. We're not all about the facts on the podcast, but I'm almost 100% sure it was his older brother's wedding. So the president of the United States was invited, and the whole first chapter, Alex is like, oh my god, I fucking hate this hoity-toity-boity British boy. I want absolutely not a single thing to do with him. He literally tells June, like, I'm I'm just going to punch him. Like, I'm when I see him, I just hate him so much. Um, he never stops staring at me. Like, he just won't stop. And basically... In a relatable fashion, he gets really drunk and, like, punches him in the face. No, and then they, they ruin the cake. They fall on the cake. <laughs> it's camp, right? Chapter one, camp. Like, they let you know right away. Like, there's a giant cake. And then they, they fall cause on this media scandal. Media scandal. So they're forced to hang out with each other. Yeah, and this is the best aspect of the book. It's romance on, like, a world stage. Like, literally. Because you think about it. We don't know much about, like, Malia and Sasha Obama, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care about any other president's recent president's children. I don't know who they are. Um, but they had really private lives. We didn't look at them as like public figures, right? They don't even have social media. But mm-hmm. I guess the take that this book took, and I will say that the author did like an exceptional job of being so politically aware, um, like knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable. Like they, like she really did a lot of research because there's so much I learned about how the White House works and how uh, the Kingdom of Britain works. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a little weird that in this book they're actually like kind of like celebrities, and he's sort of like yeah. an it boy. Yeah, like he's like Timothy Chalamet, but like I don't know. Like instead, he like wants to be a lawyer, um, and a senator, and everyone loves him. So now they make international headlines, like that they had a little brawl, which was sparked over something so silly as like most things are, and both their PR teams are like. And his mom, I'm pretty sure, who's just the president, is like, you have literally no choice. Like, you are flying to England and you're hanging out with him. And you're going to get photographed, like, having fun. Yeah. So, I guess in the classic enemies to lover arc, um, he gets over there. And in the beginning, it's rough. And then their the first big turning point is... The turkey? No, not before the turkey. The New Year's party. No, but no, that's like the that's like the impetus for everything else. But I'm talking about like the the first thing when they go to the hospital to visit like the children. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the two characters who are both technically closeted get like shoved into a closet and they just fall on top of each other and like it's so erotic. Like it's <laughs> The way it's written, I will say that this woman has a pen. Like, she pushes her <laughs> pen. Like, she was up on Tumblr, like, writing novels at some point, I'm sure. Which I don't know if, Jerlyn, you know more about. Didn't you say you knew that she used to write fanfic? Or we're just hypothesizing? I was, well, hypothesize. Because just the way that it's written. Now, it's not to, like, compare her, like, brilliant writing style as a published author to, like, Tumblr fanfic. But just the, like, essay. Well, it's essentially, like, now we're reading books by people who are in, like, the same age group as us. So they grew up in the same internet Scary. culture as us. So that's why I feel like this book really uh, hits the head on the nose. There's just, like, cold, hard, gay <laughs> subtext in these lines. Like, you're reading it and it's, like, brisk <laughs> with just gay. Yeah, I, I, I guess they, like, I forget what happened. There's a gun, there's a there's a threat, there's like a gun threat to the hospital. So the simply the Secret Service of like the Royal Kingdom too, like shoves them in a closet and they have like a little conversation like, oh, I fucking hate you. Oh my God, you're just so annoying. Like, oh, you had to follow me. Like, they're all mean about it. Uh, but Alex slowly recognizes like, there's actually something about him. Like, they start texting long I distance. really like, and they kind of meet on this middle ground of like, oh, like we kind of are going through the same exact experience. Like, I'm kind of like, as the president's son, I'm kind of the equivalent. Not really, but 
to what it's like to be the Prince of England because I live my entire life with this expectation of I'm going to go into politics and the, the whole world is watching me. Um, and they spark up a really cute friendship. And yeah, I mean, you can talk about, listen, you can talk about the turkeys if you would like. But I forgot about them. You did forget about the turkey, but I would tell you right now that a turkey would be in the trailer for this. It's like the last bite of the trailer. <laughs> it's just like it's a like, turkey going Yeah, in. and it's like, this would be so weird. Like, it ends in like a little turkey in a cage because uh, Alex has turkeys living in his room or is it Henry? Because No, because the president has to pardon a turkey every Thanksgiving. Oh, and right. Alex is like, I forget why he gets forced to be... The, the turkey's, like, in his room. Well, they live in, like, literally the White House. So it's really weird that they had nowhere to put a turkey, but it ends up, like, in his bedroom. I feel like it was something about, like, killing the turkey or something. Oh, because he didn't want the turkey to die? No, but that's what the parting is. For. Yeah, we're not going to go on this tangent. But he was, like, turkey. afraid of the turkey, and he texts Henry about it. Right. And that's when they, like, start talking. So this is... Like, when you as a reader start to realize, like, they're more than just friends, which we already know that they're they're going to be. But um, they're just both, like, Henry is the type of person that's, like, you realize because he's the Prince of England, like, his entire personality that we know is fake. Like, we don't really know anything about what he likes to do or who he is because le- he just is the a one thing image. I hate about this book <sighs> yeah, okay, is that on. they're, like, both obsessed with Star Wars. Oh, my God, I forgot. And they, like, make it a thing. Yeah, they do kind of make it a thing. And if they never say to each other, like, may the force be with you, because like, that would just, like, cross a line. There's also, like, a lack of, like, sexual Star, Star Wars innuendos, I feel like. they Is there? Like, lightsaber? Yeah, like, there is room for that. But I think Casey, like, spared us of it. Um, they were like, Henry is a nerd. Right. He's quirky. Just to go into his character real quick, he's, like, classic little brother. Because, you know, there there's a statistic. That if you have an older brother, like, you're, like, 30% more likely to be gay. Or something like that. Who told no, you that? No, I mean, I'm making it up, but it's true. <laughs> I I just pulled that out. But, like, it's, it's like, if you're gay. No, no. It's if you are gay, male, you are, like, 40 or 30 times more likely to have, have an, an older, older brother. brother. Okay. Because it's, like, really common amongst gay people to have older brothers. Okay. Men. I don't okay. know about women. Biden also didn't make the statistics, so I don't know. So he, I'm wondering where you're getting your news sources from. Yeah, no, yeah. But I think literally I learned that from Some, Trixie and Katya's podcast. A guy on Grinder. Yeah, he's like, did you know? <laughs> I'm like, really? Um, I don't have an older brother, though. But um, anyway. This book hits you at points, though. Yeah, they do have a lot of sex, but there's oh. also like a lot of like real shit. Yeah. Not that the sex isn't real. Because I will say... Like, I'm not someone, like, I never went through a smut phase. <laughs> like, I don't, I just never, I've had it written about me. <laughs> I, uh, I have had smut written about me, and I've definitely come across it. But there's not, even Finnick O'Dare, who I literally want him to, like, chain me to a wall and, like, <laughs> literally torture you me won't read. and you don't, sex with me. That's so easy. That. Just go on AO3, search Finnick O'Dare, and I, reader. I what AO3 was. Slash like, reader fic. <laughs> But I wouldn't even want to read about that because he's with Annie. Like, I cherish characters for who they are in books. Like, I don't need to read sexy, weird smuts about that, that are just fake. Like, how is that? Your, it's like violent. Like, that's just wrong. It's like assaulting to the character. Okay, okay. okay. You know what I mean? So, okay. but in this book, they're just so in love. Like, if anyone who's been in this podcast, like, knows what it's like to just be, like, 
young, gay, and psychotic and want to have sex, like, this book captures it, like, 10 out of 10 out of 10. Like, it's so good. And I think I fall in love the most with the character Henry. One, I have a thing for, like, golden boy trope. That's my biggest weakness. Blonde boy, sweet, a little weird, mm-hmm. sensitive side, damaged, oh, really yep. talented at something. Like you're always artist, uh-huh. like you paint. Okay. Guy plays <laughs> I see where this is coming Absolutely. from. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh my god, ew, I didn't even want to say paint, but I love like just how you feel like you're in the relationship. Like it's actually illustrated just so well because you read a lot of gay books that are so like figurative and like it's so many metaphors. You read like, a lot of gay books that are tragic. And always so sad but in this book like they straight up just fucking love each other so much and it's really beautiful that both of them they have this really special connection that i think is common and well yeah it, it can only really happen to queer people where it's like they both recognize their sexualities like together mm-hmm. so they both kind of transform like together like holding each other's hand and it's really sweet um, but part of being so public is they gotta keep it a secret yeah, that's the best. That's the whole crux of the novel is that now they've fallen in love because at a New Year's Eve party. They fall in love pretty quickly throughout the novel. Yeah, and it gets like intense like really fast, but it also like doesn't feel rushed at all. Like you like are enjoying their love story. Like they just have like chapters of like antics. They're like flying to this. Yeah, game. they're always first class. They're going to a museum. It's so, they're in this hotel. They're having sex in the closet, in the room, in the back. At the horse? Yeah. Competition. <laughs> at the horse competition. They give each other the like a look and like the brother's there. It's like the prince of England. The queen also might be present. And he's like, this is my grandmother. And he's like, Henry's nice to meet you. in like the jockey strap. Yeah, and Alex is like, he's so fucking hot on this horse. And he like gets off the horse and he's like, so do you want to like i don't know like and he gives him like a no he doesn't even tell him he like pushes him against the lockers in the locker room and he's like i feel him through his leathers oh yeah like they just like this book doesn't when geraldine told me they actually have a lot of sex i've never read a book like this that because it does feel like it's for so it's new adult that's how you would describe it. it doesn't have a very adult feel to it but it is not for children. No. At all for children. It doesn't read like smut, but the reason I brought up smut is because there's just, I mean, there's like 20 sex scenes. Yeah. Like no exaggeration. And they're all, some of them are written so beautifully <laughs> that it actually like, I don't know if anyone's like, like watch sex, but like, and it like brings you to tears. Like it's beautiful. What? <laughs> not porn, not porn. But like, what? I've never cried at watching sex. Okay. I guess. But Did you cry reading these scenes? Yes. The scene where he's like every like notch of his spine, I feel them with my finger and I could feel like his trauma. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? And he's like, this is the last time we'll be able to breathe each other in and out. Because it's like their goodbye sex. Because there's a yeah. period in this book where, okay, so duh, like the secret spins out of control. So the two boys are harboring this huge secret affair that only the two of them know about and it's been like kind of spinning out of control they're getting a little risky and it gets to there's several points in the book where the relationship is about to fuse out there's one where alex tells him that he loves him Mm. and he's like i'm out and this boy chases him halfway around the world just to fall back like literally gets in the plane and is like i'm in love with you goes to the buckingham palace and is like literally let me in and they're like (laughs) okay like they just let him in um, and then there's another time when it gets leaked to the press. Hmm. Do you remember specifically how it happened? No. Neither. <laughs> but th- what's good about some of our reviews is like you might have to read the book to like find out every detail. <laughs> because I don't 
it, the book is actually way more. It's really complex. How, how it's it all really down. like, like I said, like the the whole premise of like enemies to lover like ends pretty quickly because they fall in love so quickly, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the book you're like, what can happen now? But then it gets like so complicated. I was two hundred fifty pages in to like the four hundred something. I have it right here. It's like four hundred something, four hundred twenty, and I was honestly like, I have zero clue where the book is gonna go. But it could just go like I did. Sort of. Did you tear up during this book? Yes, I cried during the sex. I just told you. There was one part where I started crying, not crying, tearing up. I don't cry. Do you want me to guess what part it is? Yeah. You want to just tell? Was it when at the palace? No, no, no. When they're like, look outside. No, no. I'm not moved by things like that. I think it was when these are the twenty reasons why I love HRH Prince Henry. That made me literally ball, like literally stop. I have it bookmarked in here because what what was the what was the? There's something moving. I don't know. I think I'm like, I'm very into like, like family and like found family. I think it's when they went to Texas to visit his dad on the lake, and they brought Henry around. That's like the part where he says that he loves him too, and yeah. they're in the lake like naked because obviously, yeah. Um. Very and when the dad is like, I know. Yeah, he's like, I know. <laughs> yeah, the dad like slaves. Both the parents like are like these. There's this weird subplot though with this other senator that like just unnecessary. This is an example of a subplot that, not to bring up Evelyn Hugo again, but like a twist or a subplot where I'm like, oh, I don't care. I feel like she just wanted to have like an evil villain, but like it didn't need that. It becomes relevant. There's an argument that like, I guess it was included because... Alex has this, like, person that he looks up to who is the senator who's openly gay. And, like, as someone who, like, was always exploring his bisexuality but not openly because he did have, like, this guy that he, like, fucked in high school who was, like, his ex-ting mm-hmm. who then, like, ends up being, like, in a gay relationship later in the book. He's like, what the fuck? You're out. Um, <laughs> and it's really funny. But um, it's, like, a lacrosse player from, like, fucking Texas. But he, like, looks up to this gay senator who ends up betraying like him his dad or something because no betraying the mother because the mother who's running for re-election is up against a super oh, conservative he, he votes for the other the conservative. he doesn't even vote he like spills is he the one who leaks that they're dating but that's really fucked up <laughs> <laughs> that's like really fucked up he, he basically joined oh he joined the campaign of the mother's competitor uh, competitor in like literally the presidential election of 2020 another yeah. funny thing about this book is that it takes place in literally entirely in 2020 and nothing that they do could have ever happened in 2020. This is basically like if I don't even want to say his name didn't win the election in 2016 and said it was this slaying Democratic woman who with like these slaying children who were like hot and became famous and then she was running for re-election in 2020 against a super conservative guy. Yeah. And that's that's part of the one of the plot devices is you need to fix your reputation because I'm running for re-election. Mm. Um, and as we get towards the end of the book now the secret is out. I think just because of, like, the paparazzi. Um, They end up realizing, okay, the mother, like, straight up sits him down and is like, you, like, yay, you're gay. That's fabulous. But you should have told me. So we can figure it out. So we can, like, simply just figure it out because I'm not mad at you or anything, even close. But, like, they have, like, a really intense, like, secret service, like, intense meeting. Because also they have really funny family dynamics. Yeah, I think family is, like, a surprising twist to this book where it's, like, it's a lot about family and it's a lot about politics. Like mm-hmm. right now we've just talked about the relationship between Alex and Henry, but the entire book is like full 
of like Alex's relationship with everyone. And also we get little peeks into Henry's relationship with his family, which is also toxic. That's the most interesting part because it's really ironic that we just had yet another infamous now uh, royal family scandal where like a member of the royal family has exposed that she was treated poorly, discriminated against for being like a minority, like not gay, but black. And is like, I, this family's fucked up Mm -hmm. because now like this book, which came before this whole Meghan Markle incident, you know, highlights basically like the same thing that it's just a conservative business. Like the Royal family itself is so flawed and oppressive to its family members. Um, And it's so devastating because one of the like 10 different times that I literally cried during this book is when Henry's like, you don't even realize like, I will never in my whole life ever have the option to be myself. Like, no matter how hard I try, like, and they've really been, like, he's been in love with Alex. He's like, I've been in love with you since the first time I saw you, like, at 13. Mm -hmm. And then Alex is straight up like, oh, my God, like, I forgot I had, like, a picture of you from, like, J-pop magazine (laughs) when you were, like, 12 folded up in my... Direct, when they were both 12. Not like, <laughs> they were both the same age. But he's like, I have like this picture of you from this magazine that I would like look at when I was and younger. He, and he was like, I thought I was mad at you. I was keeping it out of spite. Yeah. But then he was like, wait. I no, I was just you. gay. <laughs> he's like, wait, this whole time I've been so angry, but I'm literally just gay. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, you learn a lot about like the, like when you say it's about politics, like, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned. I don't remember what I learned, but while reading it, I learned so much about how just like the U.S. Pol- political system works and the rules behind it. But um, with the royal family and everything, it just makes you feel like shit because there's also another character in this book who is Henry's sister, who like was addicted to drugs, had to go to rehab, and the only person in her whole family who was like there for her was her little brother because mm-hmm. he's also like, look, like I'm not happy here either. Like yeah. I'm gay. The mom is traumatized. Their mother is like the princess and their dad was a musician or an actor. I think he was like actor, James Bond yeah. who had passed away. So it's sort of like Henry has been raised just by the royal family, but not really by either, not by like a parent. Yeah. So when he sees Alex and his family, I think it's this big wake up call to him. Like, oh my God, like, you know, you come from this mixed race family. You know, your mother is the most powerful bitch in literally like almost probably the whole world. She runs the United States. Like, you have this freedom to do and act however you want because you will be celebrated, you know, not necessarily. Of course, like, coming out is really hard anywhere and every every situation is different. But compared to being literally the royal family and being the prince of England, he's like, you are from America and your family will accept you. And you can even market this and be like, I'm the gay, you know, first son. He's like, I'll never have that option. So, you know, you're telling me that you're in love with me? Well, I'm about to get on the plane, fly out of Texas, go home. And, like, literally, he just deads him. Because the cutest part of the book is their emails. Because they, like, yeah. don't text. No, They're a they little email. Bit, it's really weird. But, I mean, one, they probably can't text. Because, like, he's the Prince of England. So it's a little bit more complicated. But, oh, the emails get leaked. Yeah. That's yes. what, and it's, like, bad. Because yes. the emails are, like, really bad. They get raunchy. They get really, really <laughs> raunchy, but they also get really, really deep, like, deep. Because they re- expose each other's like traumas in it. Yeah, like they fully write diary entries about their whole life to each other, like things they can't say in person, but for some reason put in like an email format and send into the internet. And it's just an ironic, like yet another like email scandal because literally it's just like the email got <laughs> leaked, and you like can't deny that it's real because it's literally like so specific to both of their lives mm. and. 
yeah, I said I had the bookmarked. I'm not even going to read it. But I'm not going to lie. Like, on multiple occasions when I've been, like, really sad. Oh. I'm like, I... Because I'm, I'm sick. Someone in this room actually said once that my worst flaw is self-destruction. Because if I'm, like, sad... It was Max. <laughs> I will go... Max says things like that now? He said it on his <laughs> birthday. He's like, Rob self-destructs. That's his oh, worst trait. Oh, we were playing that game. Yes. That game or I said that And I said that Max talks to himself. The dad hands. <laughs> you said I have dad hands? No, your type. Oh, yeah, my type. Uh, I was like, sorry. No, I know I need some moisturize. Big hands Big dad. hands dad bod money. Yeah. Yeah, that's my type. Anyone who's, <laughs> anyone out there who's listening to this and is, uh, fits any of those categories. Um, but the emails get leaked and... Oh, I re- I'll read this to myself when I'm really sad. And it's, it's like... Uh, it's heartbreaking it's, it's heartbreaking because it's at a point where like um henry is dealing with just straight up depression because they kind of go into not specifically mental health but they talk about their feelings a lot and alex is like i really need to show him like how much i love him and that i'm down for like the long run and he just is like these are the 20 reasons like i think it's 20 reasons or something why i'm in love with prince henry or whatever because they're also so corny the way that they write everything and it's so sad and it's so beautiful that was amazing. If someone did that for me, it wouldn't even be a question. I, I would get on the plane, go to them in that moment, and I would I would spend any amount of money on a ring and marry them on sight. This is fictional, and it will never happen to you. <gasps> I'm gonna literally leave the podcast. That is one of the meanest things you've ever said to me. I. Strongly disagree. Okay, find me, find me that man for you. <laughs> well, they could be out there. What's your biggest dream, Geraldine? Let me crush it. <laughs> Let me tell you right now that's never ever gonna the happen. Is, to you. I don't need other people to affirm my dream. Well, you need other people to fund you to publish a book, don't you? Are you giving me money to publish a book? Otherwise no, but I, I hope it you. never. I hope you know that that will never happen to I you. And there's no me. one out there who will give you that. Um, I'm fine. I'll be fine. Okay. I think you're you're conflating too much. Like your your situation that I'm talking about does not equate my career. <laughs> you're dreaming up of this fictional boy. Why can't someone email me a bunch of reasons why they're in love with me? I'll do it tonight. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Max, why are you raising time. your hand? Are you going to? Ooh. Oh, sorry i this is what i see max going like this i'm like you trying to um well you talk about family oh yeah something about alex's character is that he's like obsessed with texas yeah i think that's what makes the ending of the book so much more poignant too is that he he loves where he's from and he wants so badly for henry to be a part of that and like henry doesn't know how like also when they do the karaoke yeah. that's the best scene in the book not the best but that's like one of the best scenes how do you choose the best scene yeah this is like a book where you really can't choose the best one because they're all just like too good and like so many different ways. Well, I have thought our but. least favorite part about this book is actually connected to the ending. I think I concur. <laughs> I, I, I somewhat concur. Because it's a, a very um. They thought it was very marketable. This thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. I see it everywhere on Book Talk, everywhere on Bookstagram. Yeah. This one specific quote. There's got to be a whole Redbubble page dedicated to just this the, quote. This quote. It's the most annoying part about this book. More annoying than Star Wars. 
this is like actually like this is like look you probably one of the most iconic things that happened in like modern history in this book like can you actually imagine if prince harry was like 21 and like started fucking timothy chalamet i'm just who also was like joe biden's son <laughs> like that's what i'm trying like the book is so iconic like the love you fall in love with the characters obviously for who they are but then you remember that they're actually like two of the most famous people in the whole world not just because they're like actors or something they're like literally children of political leaders so they end up having to come forward and say that they're together yeah. at first they're gonna pose they come up with a way to, to fix it up they're like you're gonna go with hang Nora. out with a girl in public yeah. and you're gonna go hang out with Nora who's like a family friend who he had like, Her, his beard his beard yeah but then they make like an Instagram post <gasps> right and they're like we're together before they can come out to the world they're like we need to come out to the queen like cause the <laughs> Like, literally, because the queen heard the news, obviously, and she literally looks at, this is the, this is just the epitome of the issue, is that his whole life, Henry's older brother, who doesn't know that he's gay or anything, but is like, you have to be a soul, like, you know, you have to, like, go to the army, you have to yeah. do everything all these other princes do, and obviously doesn't want to, and he knows in his head, like, his name's Philip, mm. right? Uh, it's like, he'd never let, never let me be gay, period. So when he comes out, the queen is like, literally, like, it's the funniest scene because Alex is there. Well, we this is the first time we met the queen. Ever. She has one one chapter because she's this elusive character because she's literally just like... Very like kids show, like you never see the adults. <laughs> yeah. And so when she does have her appearance, she's like, oh, like, no bother. Like, we're obviously like, this is not a big deal because it's not true. Like, it, it doesn't matter if it's true, but like, you're not. So don't worry about it. Like... You're not gay. And he's like, no, but like, I am gay. And she's like, oh, but no. She literally is just like, you're yeah. not. And he's like, grandma. She's like, no. And then Philip's like, don't disrespect the queen. Like, he, the brother gets really met him yeah. and he has a moment where he snaps. And he's like, what's the scene from Queer as Folk? I love dick. I love to suck dick. I want it in me all over. You know what I'm talking about? He has like that moment. And the grandma, well, the queen is just like, all right. Um, and the mom, his mom is like, Steps, guys, yeah. look outside. And there's like a um, parade. There's like a rally of like people with like pride flags and banners with like their faces on it, like outside Buckingham Palace. Like, I don't know what they're chanting, but they're like, yes, we love you. And there's this one quote that was in all of their emails that got leaked, right? And it was like, we could make history if we came out. We should come out. Should we come out? I can't come out. And then Alex is like, History, History, huh? huh? <laughs> and that's like their like, that's like their like manifesto. They're like they end like everything with like history, huh? Yeah. Imagine we were dating. History, History huh? huh? Imagine being the first gay. His and like they say it a lot. Yeah. And so then it becomes their like trademark. And, and then gets, at like, the end, there's... on onto mural. Like, it becomes... And that's when, when Geraldine was talking about merch. Like, there's fully, like... There's tote bags, pencil cases, buttons, t-shirts, sweatshirts. That just say history, history huh? huh? And it's like, <laughs> people get tattooed on their body. Like, tat... Didn't I send you someone, like, tattooed yes. on them? And it's just the corny... Like, the, this book rides the line between camp and trash. Like, I think pr it's mostly just camp. It's all enjoyable. It's sexy. It's fun. It's crazy. It's cool. It's funny. It's sad. It's gay. It has every single element of every single book I'd ever love to read. But this one caveat of this book is how much I hate how much they say this quote. Because in the real world, I feel like we would all hate them. Yeah. We would be like, fuck these guys. <laughs> 
would be like, and who cares? Like, socialist <laughs> Twitter would cancel them. Like, who cares? Their whole family's fucked up. We hate that. Like, it would be this whole, you know, everyone would hate them probably. But in the book, it just becomes this, like, revolution. Utop- yeah, like, <laughs> utopian thing where it's like everyone in the world is so happy for them that they're gay and open, or at least, like, that's all they tell you about. I'm Obviously, there's some hate somewhere but you don't know about it we're just supposed to expect and then they go on to election night and the bitch wins the election yep and it's just like a perfect ending to i don't know this enemies to lovers can't be as novel of gay people i've ever read and the very last scene is when they're riding to his old house in texas and he's like i have the key i could feel the key dangling around my neck and they're like riding bikes through the sunset of austin texas and he's like i'm home and the book ends it's so sad. And they're listening to a song that I put on the playlist for the for the movie. Um, you remember? No. It's called like Take the Me Boys Home. Shine. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyone listen to the boys? Rob's a K-pop stan, apparently. I'm not even, but the boys have a really good song called Shine. Right? Shine, and I just feel like it really fits. I heard it once when I was reading this book. I'm like, oh, this is the perfect trailer song. Um, And yeah, it's yet another example of like a a gay book that kind of escapes being traumatic, being sad, or harping on why it's so hard to be gay. It's very like, when I read this book, it's very like Disney Channel original movie vibes. Yeah, but like with adult scenes. Yeah. It's like, what's that movie? My Day with the President's Daughter. Yeah. And Confessions of a Teenage Genre Queen. Like, I could see this through a Disney lens, like, completely watered down and, like, infantilized for, like, children just to be like, yay. Um, If Disney liked gays. They have Stitch. Is he gay? (laughs) Stitch is gay? Stitch is... No, (laughs) non-binary. That's not gay. That's non-binary. No, you know who is non-binary as fuck? That bitch voice that reminds me of you. The shark uh, priestess. What's the word? Empress? Empress of the galaxy. Yeah. No! Shark daddy. Shark daddy. Shark daddy who reminded me of you. But you know who I'm talking about? The empress of the the galaxy? In Stitch? In Stitch. Lilo in Stitch. Lilo definitely is something. That that (laughs) show is queer coded. Pleakly. Pleakly, please. Please, please. The, hello, how I forget. Max, Max's ears are perked up. Do you envision Alex with a southern accent because he's from Texas and his mother has one? Because I don't. You don't? Or you Could do? you imagine one of them's like this and the other one's like this? Like, oh, my British accent was bad, but. <laughs> Roman. Like, could you imagine they're British and southern, like, thick? That's cute. No, it's atrocious. I well, love. He has a Texas accent. I've come totally around the corner on how much I love British accents. Like I used to like not like them, but I think once I had this fantasy about dating a British boy, I think once you started watching Drag Race UK, you changed your mind. No, it was also Nikki. But who's Nikki? Minaj. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> where's Nikki at? <laughs> I need to talk to Nikki. Um, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. No, what are you talking about? Okay. Hello. I'm so I cannot believe that he has a southern accent. I can't. Does he have a southern accent? I don't know. I know the mom is supposed to, but I don't. Uh, period. I don't think I don't want him to. Like George Bush. Oh, what? 
Why even bring up George Bush? George Bush he's, has- he's a president from Texas. He has a southern accent? Yeah. I've never heard him <laughs> open his mouth once. I, no, I can't even say. Why aren't June and Nora gay? We didn't go into this, but I just want to say that the entire time they're led on to be together and then they're not together in the end. Yeah. They're, it's Alex's sister and their best friend who's his beard. And there's so many little Easter eggs of like, I was leaving the hotel room and they were snuggling in the bed. They woke up next to each other. Or the two of them were whispering to each other and went to the other room. Or he'll be like fucking Henry and then he like leaves the room where they were just fucking and then June and Nora like also exit a room and they're like, what were they doing? And they're like, what were you doing? But it's like, so are they fucking? But the book ends and we just get zero. Imagine you're the president of the United States and you have two gay children. Elliot with two. No. Can I talk about something from this book that I actually referenced on another podcast that moved me so much? No. Do you just want to end the episode? No, you can say something, I guess. Well, you know the moment when he's trying to describe to him why he doesn't, why Henry's trying to explain why he's not in touch with his emotional side and he can't really explain it to Alex. So B, the sister, is like, you have to realize, like, when we lost our dad. Like, and this really, like, opened up my mind a lot to people who have, like, I guess, been through trauma. And that's why I literally brought it up, I think, in real life. Not even kidding. We bring up real life every single episode, but. um, It was real life ruined our lives it did ruin my life literally it changed my perspective on every book i'll like ever read for the rest of my life but it's like when something really traumatic happens to you when you're really young Mm. it like a hole hole opens up in your like deep in your mind and in your soul and it digs it down really really deep because you have to bury this trauma so now everything that happens to you happy things sad things like really emotional things they just fall down that hole and it takes a lot for it a lot of things to happen to you for it to pile up and then like overflow so you can actually like feel things and react to things because alex is like what the fuck why is henry so cold why is he so turned off to me like every all of my advances i want to talk about this relationship and it just kind of was like when you say that this book is really real and it talks about you know not just you know the campy trope of these two gay people in this like international affair in front of the whole public eye it's like a real um, it touched on real things for me at least. And it like actually taught me something to the point where now I'm bringing it up when I'm reviewing like other literature. And that's why I think the author did such a good job of like mixing stupid campy things with like really, really, no, there's a really good writing. Really good balance. And the writing is just spectacular and it's so campy and fun. Literally spectacular. Like I've never read a book written. It's just so like the adjectives, like viscerally, like you are obsessed with everything the way she describes everything that happened we are excited to read one last stop i'm so excited to read one last stop but i'm more excited to see how this is going to be interpreted into the screen because i need to know who's going to play this character because i feel incredibly well you, you have you have a cash i have a cast list laura dern is the president of the united states as we've mentioned 16 times i have yet to really find who i want to play prince henry because i just feel like it's a really hard i think it's gonna be like an unknown I mean, they'll probably, most of them will be unknown. But if anyone watches Glee, anyone's a Glee. Um, in season four, there's a new character named, I honestly forget his name, but I think it's Jake. And he's like Latinx and he's hot and he sings. And that's who the whole time I pictured as. Alex. Alex. Um, Interesting. What's her name? Little bitch from Little Women. She can really act from Midsommar. <laughs> Florence Pugh 
has got to be in this movie. Midsommar. Midsommar. Is it not called Midsommar? No. I don't like when people call it Midsummer because if it was Midsummer, then it would be spelled Midsummer, but it's spelled Mid S O M M A R. My dance teacher's name was Summer and it was spelled with an O. Okay. So I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've heard people call it Midsummer. It's sort of like tomato, tomato, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I never watched it. Also, let's just put Meryl Streep in it for one scene just to play the queen. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she would eat it down. Like, she'd do such Not a good job. <laughs> yeah. I know there's some Meryl Streep haters, like, in the audience. He's over there. Um, in the audience. I am. Um, the dad. Oh, I don't know. I think I said Javier Bardem. <laughs> but I don't really stand by that a thousand. I don't stand by it a thousand percent. Nora? Oh, you wanted Naya. Well, yeah. I, June, though. So his sister, oh, June, has this just Nora. incredible, spunky, really smart, witty, bitchy sex. Like, she's, like, very, like, described as attractive. She's a writer. She's a journalist. Um, And she just reminds me of something that Naya Rivera could eat up with like a silver spoon leave absolutely no crumbs but i'm very sensitive talking about naya really truly rest in peace but no yeah when i was reading the book even if it's weird to admit like in my mind i did picture naya rivera playing her so i don't know who i would cast honestly um i just don't but i think that's all i have on the top of my brain what we need is amazon to give us the rights to red bright and royal blue i still think maybe after i graduate in like two weeks, or after I finish my classes in a week, I should just start writing the screenplay and start emailing Casey McQuiston like every single day. Like, I know you're going to have your hands on the screenplay. Hopefully, hopefully she has screenplay rights to this. Involve me. <laughs> you have no reason to, but I'm begging you to because I have it. I already know how I want the movie to open. I talked about this with you. Yeah. I know exactly what I want the opening scene That's to the be. the other thing. We've talked about this a lot as he was reading it. So now we're kind of like... It's before we this podcast was even conceived. conceived so there is so much. In our text combos. So we should have just... Par- we should have gone back and like annotated them <laughs> for this podcast. Because I was going to say, there's so much that I feel like we definitely left out. Yeah. But if you want to know like the general consensus of this book, it's literally... The Bible. The Bible. Like when she texts me, she'll, she'll just say like the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's the Bible. That's the only reason we have this podcast. Okay, Geraldine, do you want to do our sign off? Yeah, goodbye, guys. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and we have some cute little, cute little things coming up, cute little different types of episodes. But actually, though, but actually, though. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>